It is Locked on Jazz for the 27th of April. The Jordan special continues. Sports is played? What? Well, kind of. And the best games of the year, plus the best games in franchise history. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and making it, hopefully, way better to be a Jazz fan every single day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you had a nice weekend. Hope this week kind of we're getting into a rhythm. Uh, obviously, uh, the things are moving forward. I know the state's working on a lot of things in youth here in Utah, so hopefully uh, some semblance, little pieces of normalcy returning, or at least we're finding a way to find normalcy in the midst of our, of our new world. There are some interesting news notes. I always try to open up with a few sports news notes for you. Uh, then we'll talk about Jordan. We'll continue our series on the best games of the year, which I didn't wrap up last week. And then we're starting a new series on best games in franchise history. Uh, I've been asking you to send me in uh, your daily Devars. For those that are new to the program, daily Devars, an old feature we used to do on Locked on Jazz, which remind us why we're sports fans, why we're jazz fans, the story of kind of what makes it fun for you and everything. We're trying to remember some of those days. It's all uh, stemmed off the backstories. A friend of mine is a professor at the University of Utah. Used to just be so positive. And one of those sto- seasons where we had Cantor and Favors and Burks and Foy and Millsap and Jefferson, and everyone was kind of fighting about who should play and shouldn't play and where we should go. We were just in that... And everyone was kind of angry all the time. And Twitter was ugly. This was this guy. I'd see him every day. And uh, he was always so happy. I just love the way we play. And he just had this great energy to him. So he called it the Daily Devar. So let me start with Andy Bird sent me a Daily Devar. My Daily Devar is my five-year-old son, Lincoln. I'm a lifelong jazz fan. We've had season tickets his whole life. His love of all things basketball has really started to grow this last year or so. I take him to games usually in his Joe jersey. And he goes nuts every time Ingles makes a three-er. <laughs> three year. We should give that to Bowler. Needless to say, not not being able to watch the game's been tough for both of us, but he seems to be handling it better than me. It seems like the daily he's playing games on his nerf hoop in his room. It's always the Jazz versus someone, sometimes the Cougars or the Utes, but more often the Rockets. I guess I'm passing on my sports hate. I was making his bed this morning and found his handmade scoreboard on the dresser. Oh, it's so cute. Uh totally made my morning. I had to grin. Absolutely makes me grin too. The the Jazz um, the J's backwards, then the A, and then the Z's are kind of inverted and the Jazz, which is perfect, right? Because if it was spelled all correctly, then it wouldn't be a five-year-old. Uh, and the Jazz lead looks like 47, and the Rockets, which are in big capital S except for lowercase r, which, again, perfect. Uh, the, it looks like 10, 20, 30. Wow, it's tied. What a game. We're all tied up at 47. Rockets and the Jazz. We're headed to the fourth in Andy Bird's son Lincoln's little world. Hey, I need to call something. So anyway, thank you. Send me your daily devars at dlock09 at gmail.com. If you follow me on Instagram at dlock09, I've been trying to give you really what our daily devar, which has been my daughter's trick shots um, and all that. Uh, we actually played real golf, thanks to the guys out of Talons Cove. We had a nice time. Uh, Ron Boone and I went out and played and, and enjoyed ourselves. Uh, a few little news notes, and then we'll get to the fun. So, pro bull riders had an event this weekend. First kind of sporting event. Two-day event. 
Each person had to drive at two acres of living space. It was in Oklahoma. Each person had to drive there themselves. They stayed in an RV. They had to stay on site. Um, they had an increase in the robotic cameras. They were about 140 people there for the two-day event. No groups, work groups of 10 or more, so that if anybody ever got COVID, it didn't spread. Um, and they had space, so they did that two acres of living area. And all participants stayed in RVs and stayed on site. And they pulled off a two-day pro bull riders event. Kind of interesting. Baseball in Taiwan is continuing. NBA has announced that starting May 1st in those cities that don't have stay-at-home, which includes Utah, uh, that the facilities will now be open to players. So we're working in that direction. I still stay optimistic. And as I've said before, the things that make me optimistic are, one, the 2020-21 season, which I think is the key to everything, the next year of having some level of normalcy or some different world. I mean, it's all going to be different. I don't think starts anytime before December 18th. Like, I think, and I don't think camp starts. I'm. This is not with knowledge. This is just observation. Uh, and I don't think camp starts anytime earlier than November 30th. So if you're, if you're backing that up, we don't have to finish the season, frankly, until like the last week of October and the players still get eight weeks off. Probably be better to do it the last week of September. It's not ideal, but there's nothing ideal here. Like I keep hearing, oh, well, they won't go past Labor Day. Why not? Why wouldn't they go past Labor Day? Like, there's nothing about this that's ideal. But I do think, and I think if, you know, depending on where we are um, on some things, maybe you'll actually be able to have an NBA Finals with some fans spaced correctly in the crowd. You know, frankly, until we have a vaccine, if we do get a vaccine, we're going to have to change the way we live. How, how we absorb sporting events, how we go to restaurants, how we do all these things. It's all going to be different. But maybe, and and so time is our benefit right now. So I'm optimistic on baseball. I'm optimistic on, um, excuse me, optimistic on basketball. Baseball is a bigger sacrifice by the players. Hockey's got a chance, but it's got some unique elements to it just in space. And... NFL is going to have to refigure stadiums, and I don't know about college. So it was interesting. Purdue said that they are going to have college play, uh, events. Last night was night th- two of the last dance. The Locked On NBA podcast in, on a Monday edition did something fun. They did a post-game show. So John Corrales hosted it. Uh, Matt Peck of Locked On Bulls. Matt Shook of Locked On Pistons. Uh... Doug Branson of Lockdown Hornets and uh, instant reaction to Last Dance episodes three and four, and it is up at Lockdown NBA Fun Show. Few things that jumped out to me. I mean, the Dennis Rodman madness is truly madness. I'm, if you, I, I, I'm not trying to. If you haven't seen it, I don't want to ruin it. But on the other end, like you're reading about it. I mean, literally the idea that he went to Phil Jackson, Phil and after being tired, after having to carry the team without Scott, he goes, I'm tired, I need a vacation. 
I'm going to Vegas to party my ass off. Like, really? That happened. And he did. And then Jordan went to go, had to go get him to bring him back. Like, the relationship that they displayed between Phil and Dennis and the team's understanding of Dennis, you know, a lot of people were rubbed wrong by Phil. I was one of them. You know, he lost me when he referred to the Mormon church as a cult, knowing exactly what he was doing in the NBA Finals. And just those nasty, same way Pops lost me. Like, if you have that esteemed position, the nastiness is not becoming. But boy, the portrayal of Phil's ability to interact with his team, create a relationship, pretty unbelievable. Pretty darn special uh, stuff that they're that they displayed there. Whether it's and frankly, Jordan can't have been easy. I thought, um, I'll, and I'll share it coming up in a minute. I, I I thought the the two Jordan tidbits, one from Doug Collins and one from Will Purdue, were the most interesting aspects uh, of the broadcast. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. You can shop online for your new Chevy. Shop, click, and drive. And then they'll bring the car out to you for a test drive. Chevy cars are here and ready to help with amazing deals for you. And the Murdochs have built a fabulous Murdoch Sure program. All healthcare professionals get GM first response discount for all healthcare professionals. That's at Murdoch Chevy located in Woods Cross, also out in Logan. The Murdoch Sure program allows you to do everything online. They'll bring the car for you for the test drive. And then Chevy's got amazing deals uh, going on for you right now. Uh, So they are open, sales and service. They can bring the test drive to you. And... Absolutely impressive work by Chevy to make sure everything's there for you. In the lineup of cars, you've got the Silverado truck and the Colorado truck. I've driven them both. I love them both. The Silverado, I refer to as the lazy boy chair of trucks, just totally smooth. The Colorado is a smaller version, more convenient. And then I loved the Chevy Blazer. Really take some time and look at the Chevy Blazer. The Equinox is a little smaller. The Blazer is just beautiful. It's Murdoch Chevy located in Woods Cross as well as up in Logan. If you're going to stop by, feel free uh, to go directly through me and email me uh, if you care to. You need that food, you want to support local people, and you need it now and you don't want to go out. Postmates is the answer for you right now. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days. So start your free deliveries, download the app, and use Locked On. NFL, that's right, Locked On NFL, not Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL. That code's Locked On NFL, $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you donate the Postmates app. Breakfast burrito, night burrito, 12-pack of beer, frankly, they'll do it. Burgers, sushi, whatever makes your life easier. Anything you need picked up, dropped outside your door. Don't Download the Postmates app on iOS or Android. Find your favorites. Get anything you want. Might be good also if you have some older folks that are in your lives and they're not they're 
they, they, they want to go out and they probably shouldn't. Use Postmates. Get them to understand how to use Postmates. You can order from local restaurants. You can get everything left right outside your door. You probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch like I do and you love the food. So go to Postmates. Download the Postmates app on iOS or Android. Find your favorites. Get anything you want delivered within an hour and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for the first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So the two things that jumped out to me the most in that were Doug Collins' story about Michael Jordan, Doug's freaking out, first game, sweating through his shirt, going crazy. Michael comes over to him. He's in like his third year and says, don't worry, or second year and says, like, don't worry, I would never let you lose your first game. I thought that was pretty wild and that he did it. And the amount of stories we have of this kind of stuff are endless. And I think that that's uh, the the you know the story that comes across on Jordan on a huge amount of things is that concept that he just is completely relentless in all that he's doing, and that win we knew that about him. But it's fun to see it again. The second thing I would say was the I think it was Will Purdue who, when talking about Jordan's reaction to winning the first title and his breaking down, his crying, his reaction. Like, Will's like, it was good for us to see that. We didn't know that existed. Basically, he was such a jerk at all times and so relentless and so demanding and so difficult at all times that they didn't know that he had that other aspect inside of him at all. Kind of crazy. But I think the truth, and that uh, that might be the most telling part about of the day, I thought, for all the other things, was that reaction of like, gosh, we didn't know he even had that in him, to have caring, emotional feelings. Hmm. Crazy. All right, I owe you one more on our series of best five jazz wins of the year. So let's go to March 6th of 2020. Niang in the open floor has Ingles on the left side. He stops, leaves it behind for Mike. Mike's having a brilliant game. Top to Clarkson, blows by the defense, in and out dribble, bounce to Bradley, slam dunk. Tony's eating free samples at the 10 tonight. 51-39, Utah by 12. Kemba driving, blocked by Bradley. Tony Bradley picked up by Clarkson. Clarkson on the run. Clarkson at the rim misses. Clarkson gets it back and puts it in. Oh, my Tony Bradley putting together two or three of the best defensive sequences he's had this season and in his career. High pick for Ingles. Low left-hand dribble, cut off, kicks it back up to Conley. Mike's got 18 points for the Jazz, including five three-pointers. Conley into a rhythm, off the bounce, three, swish. 21 for Conley to lead the Jazz. It's incredible to look back at the game. First off, it's so fun to hear good highlights for Tony Bradley, who was so good in that game and had just been making great strides. Tony Bradley's just grown up before our eyes. That night he played 16 minutes. He was plus 25. He was, you know... One of the things that was changing about the Jazz was this sudden ability as a team late in the year to have a bench unit. If you look back at like Tony Bradley's final 
kind of seven or eight games, he's shooting 76% from the floor, 75% from the free throw line. He's averaging 7.6 rebounds and an assist. We're plus seven when he's on the floor in those games. He was really good. He had kind of begun to find what he was going to do. He'd had, for a guy who doesn't usually block shots, he had blocked seven shots in the last four games before the season coming to an end. So cool to see Tony Bradley. Mike Conley also in Boston was very good that night. Mike uh, had 25 points on 9 of 16 shooting, 6 of 10 from 3, had five threes. Uh, Boston was without Gordon Hayward and without Jalen Brown. It, it does feel like you go back to these games and there's always someone missing. I, I almost am interested to go back, like how many times did we play somebody at full strength and they actually had full strength? It feels like it almost never happened. So they were short um, a few guys, but the Jazz, Kemba did not have a good game. He never, doesn't usually um, against Rudy, except for the few nights in Charlotte where he went bananas. Donovan, it's interesting to look back at, right? Donovan was 3 of 15 and not very good that night. And little, you know, little did we know that at the time that Donovan, some six days later or five days later would test positive Rudy was 4 of 4 that night. He had 9.7 rebounds, 2 assists. Again, my he was minus 20. Like, the bench carried the night. It's, you know, you just look at everything with a different lens. You have no idea what's what has an impact and what doesn't, what's real, what's not. Like, it's funny to look back at these things right now um, and wonder. Uh, we'd go to Detroit. Marcus Smart, by the way, would play in that game. Evidently, he had COVID-19 at some point in time. Again, we don't know when. We go to Detroit where Christian Wood had COVID-19 and he was great against us. Uh, and then we'd play Toronto and then the season would come to a screeching halt in Oklahoma City. Uh, that was just uh, impressive from the Jazz standpoint. They they ran out in the second quarter with a 30... And, and what was probably most exciting for the Jazz in that one is the first half the Jazz had an Amazing offensive performance, scoring 62 points against one of the best defenses in the league. You know, the offense had been number one in the league this whole time uh, since Jordan Clarkson had joined the team, but we hadn't played the top-level defenses. And then here we finally did play one of the top-level defenses and have that kind of game. You know, when Mike was good, we were great, right? I mean, that's... I bet it's hard to find a lot of nights. I haven't looked at it where you, you, you know, now I don't know what we're going to define as, you know, a realistically fair night for Mike Conley, but you know, on nights where Mike Conley played well and made shots, I don't think the jazz lost very often. I guess we lost to Boston at home. Mike Conley had 15 points, five of nine from three. That's a pretty good night. Mike Conley had 22 and we lost in Portland. And he had 21 when we lost against Denver. So maybe that's not as true as I think it is. It's pretty darn good in a bunch of those games. You know, the narrative on Mike, if you go back to the February 1st, Mike had played 13 games. He'd played 31 minutes a night in the, in the final 13 games that he played. So minute restrictions done. He does miss three games in the middle there before and after the All-Star break. He plays 13 games. He shoots 46% from the field, 44% from three. He averages 17 points, four rebounds, and five assists. 
and a steal. It's kind of all you could have asked for. Like, that's that's the guy we hoped we were going to get. We got him. Tony Bradley was developing. George Nyang was finding his role. It's pretty interesting to wonder what might have been. You know, we had some weird games in there. The Ricky Rubio night wasn't good. Got blasted by Boston. Blown out by Houston. We came, we came back from the break so badly, right? Just so badly. And then got a roll a little bit. And Toronto's really good. Just we, Really, we were about to find out. We had Oklahoma City on the road. New Orleans, Memphis, back-to-back at home. Lakers, back-to-back. Minnesota, we should have beat. San Antonio, back-to-back. At Dallas, which would have been a hard one. Some soft ones, and then close it out with Portland, Denver, Clippers, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, and Denver. We were about to find out. Hmm. It's hard sometimes, right? Look back at it. Wish there was other stuff. Happens. I've met a really cool guy by the name of Matt Lund a few times. Met him at the arena. Chatted with him. Uh, and then I've talked to him recently about his business. And he's got me fired up about it. So the company is in Ogden, and it's called Crown Trophy. So Crown Trophy is the largest award franchise in America. But then Matt, kind of taking that Utah innovation, has built Crown Trophy in Ogden into a completely awesome place. The first thing when you talk to Matt is how much he loves it. Like, I'm talking to him. He literally says to me, imagine a world where everyone's ecstatic about what you get. We represent the best things in people's lives. We do a lot of awards, and they're really cool. But really what we're doing is we're personalizing awards so that people feel the appreciation of their efforts. It's so great. I was like, all right, I'm in. Great time to do it. Like, I love one of the things Matt did recently. They did senior yard signs for all the seniors who kind of had, like my son has had their senior year just destroyed. Like, incredible. They do banners, they do yard signs, they do name tags, they do trophies. But then they have lasers. So Matt's taking the company with the lasers. They engrave machine parts, medical devices, aerospace items. Anything that's traceable needs markings, guns, pocket knives, tumblers, any type of engraving with his laser system. He's built it out. They've also got rubber stamps, sand carving and blasting, glassware. He's even done some really cool things recently with clips for healthcare professionals where they can engrave like motivational... Mo- messages so if you have a healthcare professional in your life you want to get them some clips so their mask clips so their mask doesn't hurt as much you can do that and then matt will help you out putting on inspirational messages give matt a call 801-621-2055 801-621-2055 crown ogden at gmail.com will work as well or crown ogden on facebook or just call him at 801-621-2055 any engraving clips for healthcare professionals any trophies, T-shirts, senior yard signs, whatever it might be, 801-621-2055. This week on Locked On Podcast Network, we are doing the greatest games in franchise history. I need your help. I want your votes. So please email me, at me on Twitter, email dlock09gmail.com, at me on Twitter, at Lockdown Sports, what are the greatest games in jazz franchise history? Let me go back to the one I presented earlier this year in our 1991-92 special as the single greatest game in jazz history, the triple overtime regular season win over the Chicago Bulls. Stockton gets the step into the lane. Throws it away! Throws it away with 3.0 seconds remaining. 
Oh, what a play. Timeout Chicago. Phil Jackson has 3.7 seconds with which to work. And the inbound to Jordan. The turnaround. No! We go to overtime. 9.6 seconds. Jordan from the outside. Yes! 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 It's tie! Six seconds! Woo! 28 for Jordan! Carl Malone the rebound. A three-pointer can tie for the Jazz. Stockton leads the league. Yes! Got it! He's got it! He comes down, fires the three! Timeout by the Bulls! Oh, what a game! 25 seconds straight up to go, and John Stockton with a trade ties it. Jordan winding down the clock. Time left in the right-hand corner. Four, three on the shot clock. Michael with a force over Malone, taken out of the air by Carl Malone. As over to marvelous game. If you're a basketball fan, this is a piece of heaven. Michael Jordan takes it across. Ten to go. No clock. Time left in the game. Jordan. Let's it go, and yeah. ties the game. 4.9 seconds remaining. Jeff Malone. Malone trying to beat the clock. Jordan got a piece a of it and a foul. With all five seconds on the clock. Whoa, brother. Phil Jackson absolutely berserk. Michael not happy. They drive down the, they drive down the side. MJ hit a hit a basket with four points. There's a technical on Jordan, and he's out. And Jordan is thrown out of the game. It's funny to listen to those highlights. Unfortunately, I didn't have Hot Rod. I've only got uh, the Bulls broadcast crew. But also, that's 91-92. So, I mean, we're doing Last Dance right now, which is 97-98. The Bulls have won one title at this point. They are... You know, they are rock stars already. Horace Grant's with them. They've got the all the juice that's going on about who they are. They're the they're definitely the, you know, the mark. And Jordan's Jordan. Like Jordan's already proven what he's gonna prove and who he is. But it's pretty interesting to hear some of that realizing what we're watching on the ninety on the last dance is a bunch of years later. Bulls that game, the Bulls that year would go 67 and 15. Like for those who are younger and maybe haven't totally grasped this, the Bulls go 61 and 21, 67 and 15, 57 and 25. Jordan takes two years off. They go 72 and 10, 69 and 13. Then the final year, which is the last dance, with all their struggles, they go 62 and 20. This game which I profiled in the mini-series or mini-documentary that I did on the 91-92 Jazz season, which is still available on the feed if you are interested, is a triple overtime thriller. February 3rd, 92. It's it's the biggest win for the Jazz in franchise history at the moment. It goes triple overtime. Jordan, and as you heard, makes, misses, Stockton turns it over, makes... Jordan had 34. Pippen played 53 minutes that night. Jordan played 56. Horace Grant played 55. Malone played 57. He had 34 points, 21 rebounds, 5 assists. Blue Edwards was brilliant at 25 points. Stockton played 53 minutes. Had 19 points. And the Jazz... uh, 
got stymied in the fourth quarter, but then they tied in each of the overtimes with all those back and forth and turned out to win that one. Uh, shooting in that game, effective field goal percentage, league average for the is now about 52, was 43% for each team. The pace of play was a 91, so an incredibly slow game. And the Jazz would win it to go to 31-17, and 126-123. It's a legendary game Bat, uh, at the Delta Center, 19,911. What would you say are the greatest wins in Jazz franchise history? We'll be reviewing them all week long. So give me an email at dlock09 at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at at LockedOnSports. Jazz, greatest games in franchise history this week. Plus, we'll keep you updated with everything else that's going on. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Thanks for being a part of all of the things that are part of our Utah Jazz and our community. It is Locked On Jazz. Monday edition of Locked On NBA is the last dance reaction show. So right now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast Locked On NBA.